Well, hello and welcome to episode two of season 2019's The Two Tones. There's a lot coming up today. We're going to discuss the season opener against Richmond. We're going to tell you uh, about uh, what lurks in the archives of the minutes of the Carlton Football Club. We're going to preview next week's game against Port Adelaide. And we're going to discuss the thrilling victory here at Princess Park by the AFLW's uh, AFL, I should say the women's team. How about that? It is the Daniel Harford edition of The Two Tones. Joining me, Tony DeBolfo and our producer, Cristiano. Good morning or good day. Hello, Tone. Hello, Tony. Great to be here, Christian. How's life? Great best after the weekend. Yes, it's an action-packed weekend, Tone, and uh, more to come. Wasn't it great to have football back? Um, I was just saying to Paddy Kerr, actually, had to name drop, but he was in the... Uh, the Carlton Cafe. He came up to you to say good day. Yeah, he did. He did. You, you noticed that. Yeah. Um, he uh, is on the Twitter sphere or in the Twitter sphere, and I was saying to him, he's a good, he's a good um, tweeter of uh, all manner of item, um, Patrick Kerr. And I was saying to him, wasn't it great to have footy back just to take um, one's mind away from all the the sad and bad tidings yes. that have ravaged our world in recent times? And um, you know, I was thinking about. Football in totality, uh, uh, Tone, when I got to the MCG Thursday night and just to see the ground again and how great it looked and people turning out in, in, uh, en masse and realising how important the game has been in, in terms of escapism yeah. over depression times or through depression times, through world wars, the game was still going through those, those difficult years. Um, none of us were privy to, obviously, but, but, but it helped get people through. And I think that's really undersold about how powerful football is for, for the sheer escapism of all the people. You go to the game, you know, to get away just for two hours to, you know, uh, free themselves of, you know, the pressures of the world. And um, and I think as an elixir, it's hard to top um, oh, AFL. Cheek by jowl, no matter what class you are, it's the great unifier in Melbourne, that's for sure. It's the opera of the common man tone, and we love it here on the two tones. It is great to have it back. We are, of course, here for uh, Barclay Smokehouse, the, I like to say, the smokehouse of good repute tone. I, I do argue, Tony, as I said to you off here, I do argue Barclay Smokehouse is best. I was down at uh, the esteemed premises at the weekend just to have a look at, at the cut of its jib. Yeah. You'll find it down the, the very bottom end of Mansfield Street in, in Northgate, right on the, the river. Um, there are a couple of smokehouse trucks there. Sadly, they were locked. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I was rapt to see the place. There was a Carlton uh, monogram on the front of the, uh, the proprietor's uh, door. And, uh, you know, Carl Greco, I'm told he's, he's an absolute rabid Carlton man. And, Excellent. Um, and we're just wrapped at Carl, I believe is short for Carlton too. Oh, yeah. and, and we're just wrapped that, um, you know, he's seen fit to align with us um, and all power to him and to Barclay Smokehouse. Oh, look, it's magnificent. And, of course, the Carlton monogram out the front door keeps away the riffraff customers that you don't <laughs> need uh, clogging up your shop. Now, Tone, for Merce 250th, uh, it, it was a big game, obviously, uh, the MCG Big crowd, balmy night. It was. Um, Carlton let uh, Richmond get away with uh, a forty-point start. We battled manfully after that. I've been, I've been on air. I do a radio show overnight on Three W, and the number of callers I've had who have been, and these people don't don't barrack for Carlton, but have been impressed by what they've seen in the new look blues, has been really heartening. Well, I, I did get 
home late, Tony, just in time to hear your dulcet tones after midnight on 3RW. And and, uh, and I could detect a a sombre tone in your voice when I was listening, but all those great Carlton people that, you know, rang through and said, well, look, okay, it was a a little bit grim to start with. And I have to admit, uh, late in the first quarter, I thought, this is blowout city here. Um, But as you said, the, the players found something in the second. And I think when... When the game opened up, I, I actually thought we were intimidated by Richmond's physical presence early when the when the ball was in close and um, we were really under siege. But I thought that as the game opened up, we really started to trouble Richmond with our with our run. And um, I, going through to the third quarter, I actually thought we had chances to really yeah. um, put score even more scoreboard pressure on on the Tigers. There were a couple of moments there in the game that were sadly moments that were lost. And Richmond, to, to its credit, just found a way to up the ante when when it was when it was needed most, and in the end scored a pretty comfortable victory. But I think there was uh, a fair bit to take away from you know those second and third quarters. Obviously, it wasn't a four quarter showing, but I think as we'll discuss through the course of the of the program tone, there were there were some real positives to emerge from that first game. Well, I guess look at the, the takeaway that I uh, that I took. There you go. Yes. Um, this was a team, a lot of uh, rotations. There's a lot of players who haven't played together before on the big stage, and there's no bigger stage than the MCG. Well, we had six so th- debut- it, two batons, did we not? Exactly. And they. Uh, so it's going to take a, a while for this unit to gel, and when they do, um, we're going to see some... Uh, we're going to see some victories. There's no doubt about that. Do you know whose first quarter I was particularly impressed by? I know there's a lot of there's a lot of standouts and a lot of good performances we can pick out. Paddy Dow, I thought was just fantastic, fantastic. in the traffic. He was he was indeed, and and um, you know you can see the emergence of a player like Dow now. He's got a few more games under his belt, and as you see, there are a lot of guys that came together that hadn't played before. So we can just see um, with every game you see improvement in in, in players of the calibre of Paddy Dow and. Uh, you know, into that group you can you can heap Fisher. Yeah. You know, I thought Fisher was tremendous um, head to head with Martin. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And holding was the a, ball twice. Yeah. There was a great pickup um, last night on one of the programs um, where Fisher, you know, got rid of the don't argue with the slap and then impl- apply the tackle on Dusty. You know, I, I'm pretty sure he ran Martin down twice. Uh, so that was that was all power to him. He he was terrific. Um, I also thought Harry Mackay. You know. Oh um, my God. You know, he was he was out of sorts a little bit early, and I think there was a moment in the second quarter where, where Phillips went off for a breather and Harry was thrown into the ruck. And the fact that it just got him into the game, I think, really helped with his touch and, and, and just getting a feel for the contest. Went back, of course, and became a really pivotal figure uh, as the game progressed. There were knocks on, on Charlie. He was yeah. out of sorts, and he hasn't had a great JLT series. I do query why the Brains Trust didn't... Um, throw Kerno up the ground also. Now, Charlie, to me, is a very similar player to Matt Richardson, big fellow that's athletic. You know, Richo was often thrown onto the wing um, when he played, get him into the contest, then put back. Yeah. I, I think there was an opportunity lost there to get Charlie a little bit of game time up the ground and then throw him back. Maybe it would have helped with his touch. That's just... My observation. And, um, well, it, he, it, just didn't, it just didn't work from the other no, night. No, it didn't. He had a dog of a night, it has to be said. Uh, but he was, uh, <clears throat> look, I'd say he was almost on his own there because a lot of players stepped up. I want to ask you, Tone, who else do you uh, want to shine the spotlight well, on? Well, as, um, you know, let's look at the debutants for a start. Oh, look, well, look, you know, you look at Sam Walsh. Um, geez, he looked at home, didn't he? He, he, he just so relaxed and composed. Um, I think that, that, 
give to Mark Murphy for that oh. goal um, from the pocket, uh, I reckon that's one that we'll revisit over yeah. the years. You know, a, a great moment um, to feed off that handball to well, the two hundred fiftieth game player. Exactly, it was like um, a silky passing of the baton. Oh, it was. It was indeed. I, I, I thought that was a, a great moment in the game. I love Nick Newman's goal uh, on the run from the from the fifty metre line, um, uh, that intercept uh, and, and and threaded goal through. Um, I thought that was fantastic, he was and, and he was terrific. Yeah. He, he looked right at home. Uh, McGovern, I thought, uh, really started to impose himself as the game went on. Yeah. Um, he was in Rance's face uh, at one point late in the game, and I loved seeing that. Uh, a, a real aggressive player, and you can see, you know, with probably a month or two. As he finds his touch, he's going to be a focal point for the Carlton Football Club up forward. There was a bit of aggression from the team, which I love seeing. Yes. Absolutely love seeing yeah, it. You want to see players in their opposition's face. Um, I have to say, Tone, um, when the when the chips were down, you know, um, late in the first, I, I think Dale Thomas was the player yes. that acted as the fire starter yep. for Carlton. He was the one guy that... You know, when he had the ball, things happened. And there was that great centred kick to Fasolo to yeah. set up that first goal. And that was a goal we really needed. Thank you, know. you, Collingwood. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a double act. Yeah. And um, and I think I think we really found something after that specific moment. So I thought Dale Thomas, uh, with his leadership and, and his vim and vitality, really, really kick-started Carlton's game. And I think that's a great him. point. doesn't get acknowledged enough that no. he has assumed a... An elder statesman role, and he's prepared to get, uh, you know, sacrificial acts are his thing. And uh, and an argument with the umpire is a daisy uh, guarantee in the first quarter. Very he's, true. You can see him mouthing off. Um, Setterfield, his game? Uh, again, another, another you know, sterling first game up from a player that's obviously had a fairly substantial layoff with injury. But, I, I, I mean, I liked his form through the JLT series and he's followed it on again with a, you know, with a, a good first up showing uh, in the big time. So I think he's going to be a, a valuable asset to the club. Pretty versatile player, I think, too. He's sort of a player that can be used in all manner of positions. So I do like the look of him. And I think, again, with, with games under the belt... Um, uh, having come back from a knee injury, it's only going to help his his confidence. And um, I think he's been a real fine for, for the Carlton Football Club. All power to Soss for getting him over the line and into the club. Uh, unfortunately, weren't able to do it for Merce 250th. Look, it was a shame that, you know, on such a big occasion that, that unfortunately we couldn't get the four points. But but as I say, there was there were so many positives that come out of the game. And... Um, and hopefully we're the better for that for that run against a, an opposition team that clearly are going to be thereabouts in yeah. you know, September. Um, I thought uh, Brendan Bolton's um, press conference was interesting. He was on a football show during the week where he said he was in love with the players, and uh, thought that was <coughs> it was an, it was an interesting comment. But it says something about the mentality of. I don't know how engaged he is with the group at the moment and, uh, you know, he's taking six players at a time going around to his place for barbecues and um, there just seems to be a, I don't know, a, a real melding of uh, the the coaching group and the playing group. Yes. Just, a lot of people seem to be on message, if you know what I mean. And I suppose that, that is in keeping with the us versus me yeah. mentality, isn't it? That He's obviously trying to build this brotherhood amongst, amongst the group. And when you think of that young core of players that we've discussed already um, 
they're going through a, you know, a, a pretty tough period in, in Carlton's history, but it's important that they're, that they're experiencing these days together because they all come out of it the other end better for, for the experiences and um, hopefully with it becomes this steely resolve, you know, that, that um, they can overcome all manner of adversity and um, so it's strength in numbers right now, isn't it? Well, it is and we look forward to next week. We're going to preview the Port game a little bit later on. Uh, it's McGovern's 50th game. He's going to be playing in Adelaide. So uh, that's uh, hopefully a bit of a home ground advantage to him. Tone, the AFLW. Uh, Carlton made the oh. grand final underdogs. Thank you, Daniel Harford, and the great work of the team there. Mag- magnificent victory. Four-quarter performance. Uh, Six goals, if you oh, don't yeah. mind. And, 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 I mean, to impose themselves on that contest you know, pretty early in the game. I think the die was cast early. We just saw the way that, they, that the Carlton uh, women really attacked the the footy and and um, um, you know really made a made a focal point of um, putting the heat on on Frio around the contests and I, I just thought um, it set the tone for what was a, a magnificent hard uh, you know four quarter performance an honest performance uh, that you know um, truly uh, gave Carlton the ascendancy um, early on the proceedings and they they didn't. They didn't look like they were ever going to lose that game. To me, um, you know, they always seem to have the the game in control, and and you've got to give credit to the coach um, uh, Daniel Harford um, for really bringing this team together. Well, uh, from where they were last well, year, you know, last on the ladder last year, and here they are contesting a grand final against Adelaide in Adelaide this this weekend. I just thought it was um, it's it's been fantastic and admirable to watch. Um, not so much the wins, but how the how the the women have won, and and I think that that really augurs well for the team, and they'll be they'll be t- tough nut to crack come Sunday. I hope so. Will will this be the first time the men and women's team will be on the road playing interstate on the same weekend? Well, I would have I think to it be, might I be. Think. Yeah, I would think I would have thought so. I can't recall it, it happening um, previously. Um, may stand corrected there, but um, but no, all roads lead to. Um, to Adelaide Oval um, this weekend, uh, the men's Saturday and the women's Sunday, and it'll be a fabulous victory if, if, if the AFLW team can get over the line Sunday against the Crows. It'll be magnificent, and it's one for the men's team to emulate. Hint, hint, guys. Now, tweets. We have a Twitter handle here at the Two Tones, Tony DeBolfo. Uh, yes. It is at Two Tones CFC. We want all those tweets uh, flowing through, Tone, we, 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 with, with, you know, uh, gay abandon. Um, send, in your, send in your tweets on any manner of topic, Tony. Exactly. We, look, don't, uh, don't racially abuse us. That's not what Twitter's for. It's not for abusing people. Could the memo please go out? It's not that simple just to be civil on social media. It's not that hard. Um, the rule of thumb being... We you know, have civility at yeah, the Carlton Football Club, we, we, I promise we, you. We prize it above uh, many other virtues here. Um, tell us how we're going. Tell us what you'd like to see. Tell us who you'd like to have on the program. It's a great, uh, it's a great interactive medium. If you want, to, if you want anybody on the current playing list, or indeed recently retired, and you're about to tell us who was in the rooms after Merth's two fiftieth time, um, if you'd like them on the program, all you've got to do jump on Twitter, 
Two Tones, uh, at Two Tones CFC. So who did you see in the room? Well, I saw uh, old contemporaries of Murphs, and it's hard to mention them as old now because it doesn't seem so long ago that they were running around, but I saw uh, your good friend Michael Jamison in the rooms. I saw Robbie Warnock, uh, hard to miss, he's six foot 18. He was (laughs) loitering with intent. Uh, David Allard uh, had flown in from WA, which was a great effort. Little Dave Allard, a really honest player for Carlton. Um, Andrew Walker was in the rooms also. Terrific to see him. And I've got a feeling there was another player in the room. His name, escape, name escapes me for the minute. I think it was Jed Lamb, best. Jed Lamb. Jed Lamb. I, I, I didn't get a chance to see Jed, um, but it was terrific to see those fellows come back. And I think um, it's a nice thing to see past players in the room. Yeah, um, it is. You're supporting the club, you know, and, and being made to feel welcome. I reckon that's really important. And... In keeping with, you know, all of the past own the future, I think that's a really good message that the club uh, sells. That was reinforcement of that message. And um, it was just magnificent to see all those former players there to support um, Murph on on his big night. Okay, And we won't mention anything about Robbie Warnock staying down. And not taking. <laughs> is that going to is that going to follow him to his grave? That particular kick. Well, Chuddy was in his ear. Stay down. Stay down. Yeah, anyway, yeah, never let's... mind. We move on, Tone. <laughs> I haven't. You... All right. <laughs> now, uh, okay. Some quick fire questions, Tone. Yes. Uh, we had some technical issues last week, but we're back on board this week. Uh, tweets, we, uh, your tweets, as I said, we uh, we want them for the show, so mm. get on board and ask us anything. We hope we can deliver. I'm sure we can. Now, um, I'm going to ask you this question, Beast, or yes. Tony DeBolfo. Where do you put the 17th Premiership Cup if the Navy Blues get the win on Sunday? So this is the, uh, the Women's Premiership Cup, and there, if you come into... Princess Park or Icon Park, you'll uh, you'll see all of them arranged in uh, on a huge wall. So uh, that is obviously a question that the club is going to tackle. Your input, please. Well, my stock uh, answer to that question, Tony, is that of course there's always shelf space for another Premiership <laughs> Cup. So don't worry, there, yeah. we, we will have room. But look, I think I'd like to see it perhaps um, front and centre. Uh, near our reception desk here, there's a lovely um, cabinet there. Um, you know that there's. Uh, it's probably the first thing you see as you walk in through the main doors to the Carlton Football Club. So I think, you know, if the cl- if the girls were good enough to uh, land the silverware on Sunday, um, the club should really show that off. I mean, that's a that's a that's a history making moment in time for Carlton. Yeah. Um, Nineteen hundred and six is a long time ago, Tony. When the men earned this club the first league premiership. That was the first of three in a row, wasn't it? It was, it was. We were, we were only taking it three premierships at the time back then, Tony. It was magnificent. But, um, but yes, I, I'd just like to see if, if they allocate a place. It has to be prominent here because um, that, that's, particularly considering where, it, uh, where the team came from in the past uh, season, um, I can remember, it doesn't seem, well, it seems like only yesterday I was, I was helping the... the um, the guys in our um, uh, design team preparing the submission to go to the AFL on Carlton's behalf for a licence to field an AFL women's team. Um, wasn't so long ago Darcy Vesco was upstairs working in the club as well. Yeah, they, these were early days. Um, you know, not that long ago, but in many ways seems like you know, eons ago. But um, I know the club worked really, really hard to try and earn a licence to field a women's team and um, 
and uh, so all power to the club for for uh, realising the dream yep. um, that 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 Carlton should be represented by a women's team. Well, it didn't happen years ago, as anyone's guess, but um, um, it's gr- fantastic that the that the women are up and running and. Um, I have nothing but admiration for the way they've gone about this season. Um, some great players uh, involved in that in that football club, and obviously they're very well coached by uh, D. Harford, Esquire. Yes. Uh, and uh, this is episode two of the two tones in his honour. Played Absolutely. nine games. Absolutely. The old nine, Navy qu- nine quality games, Tone. Thank you uh, very and much. I, as I often remind him, former Carlton great, <laughs> if I see him in the corridors of power here. Here we go. Now, before we head to the minutes, yes, uh, you've opened up the book of minutes from uh, Carlton's 150-plus year history. Uh, you have a question for me. I do indeed, Tone. I'll put this poster to you, yes. uh, unannounced. Is Jakob Wietering the most important player for Carlton's development? Uh, gee, that's a very good question because we have followed his progress on this podcast with a lot of interest. He wears a, a very important number at this club um, and you and I have been very enthusiastic about him since word go. He uh, Coming up through the juniors, he played in the forward line. We know he can kick a bag and we he had a few, I don't know, I think he had a difficult year last year um, because I think he may have... Uh, possibly rankled at, at his role playing in the back line. Um, but settling into the back line, I just think he gives us a kind of... He's a bit of a generalissimo down the back. And I think uh, any of the new players coming through can see his his path, if you like, his development path, and see that he is a player who has really grown into his role. He's an immensely talented player. And so I think he's... He's probably at that stage now where he's he's up for mentoring some of the younger players who have come through. And um, uh, so in terms of, I don't know, if you want to call that development, I think that's uh, um, that's an important role for him to play because he, he does have leadership qualities. A very good observation, Tony. And I suspect that a lot has been asked of him in a very short time. Yeah. Because you've got to remember also that the, the, the you know, the back six is bereft of doc. the captain, the yeah. doc, and Marchbank. You know, yeah. to come back as well. So, you know, the 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 back six are doing their best, um, and uh, yeah, as you say, much has been asked of his responsibilities at this stage. Um, he's still uh, not long into his career, so um, yeah, it's a fair observation you make, I think. But um, he seems to be a pretty level head. You know, uh, 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 doesn't seem to get flustered or or. or you know, uh, distracted by anything. Um, he's measured sort of player. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are shades of Jamo about him, I think. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah you can see uh, that. Level head, you know, kind of big body. He's uh, not afraid to uh, kind of get involved in the physical stuff. I I think Jacob Wittering is terrific. And is, of he course, a, is he a podcast talent? Like well, I don't um, know. I mean, Jamo, was? Jamo, Jamo did kick on to another podcast, didn't he? I wonder how that podcast career is going. I think it's so good he's now working in real estate. Is that right? <laughs> He's hearing this, Jero. He said that, not me. Um, I, I, so, I, I plead innocence. Right. Now, Tone, um, can you give us your three, two, ones for yes, round one Thursday, Richmond? No, actually, no, it was a Carlton home game. Carlton it, it v. Was. Richmond. For the coveted Two Tones Award, Tony, yes. player of the year. Past I, winner being one Doherty. Doherty got up last year, and I think the, uh, cri- the Crippler got up the, the year before. So it's a, you know, a, a, a hotly contested, much prized well, I like to think it piece is. of silverware, Tony, Thank you. notwithstanding AFLW. Um, I have given one vote to Dale Thomas for the reasons I explained earlier. Yeah. Two votes I thought. Uh, Zach Fisher really um, made an impression on that game. He's the heart of a lion, that man. He is. And three votes 
you know, if you fish, imagine having this bloke alongside P. Cripps. Um, you know, Patrick Cripps, just from the first bounce, um, what, what, a, what a presence he is, you know, and he, he's scary. <laughs> you know, he, he's really, really scary. I, I think to see him um, impose himself on those, on those contests, um, you know, I'm sure Fisher's wrapped he's on the same side as Cripps, but yeah. can you imagine fronting up to a bloke six foot six, the old measurement that can, you know, that can basically run through you? It's, it's, a, it's a daunting prospect, I, I, was, I would suspect, for any opposition midfielder. Tone, I'd wager there's 17 other blokes who are thrilled to be in the same team as well. Oh, Pete very, Cripps, very true. Uh, week in, week out. And it goes, I mean, it, it's remarkable in that we didn't even mention him when we were discussing the game. Well, I wanted because, to keep him to be, last. I, well, because it, it's just a given. It's like assuming that the sun will rise in the morning, <laughs> that P. Cripps will just... Uh, just put in an astonishing performance, like well, he does week in, week out. He's just heroic. Heroic, and he's captain of the club, so um, he's certainly setting the tone, and uh, you, you have to walk tall in his presence, don't you, if you're a Carlton player? I can't imagine you wouldn't. Um, he's just phenomenal. Well, phenomenal we've got player. him and no-one else has, and that's all that matters. In uh, over 100 years' time, Tone, um, uh, the two-tone successor podcast which will, I guess, be downloaded into the mainframe that's embedded in people's skulls, which will pass <laughs> with the internet in 100 years' time. They might be mentioning P. Cripps in minutes of well, the they football could. club. And you've got a minute, lad. And it's a glorious segue, Tony. You've still got Thank it. I, I, I refer to you, Tony. I've been uh, dusting the cobwebs off the old sepia pages of the, uh, of the 1978. Oh. Annual. So we're looking a little over, what, 40 years ago. Uh, minutes of special general meeting held at the Carlton Social Club. They like to drink back then, Tone. On Thursday, the 4th of May, 1978. Now, to set the scene here, 1978, there was a fair to say upheaval here because yeah. Ian Stewart had, had been appointed coach of the club and it, it had basically stood down, uh, I think, for health purposes, about two games in. Serge Silvani was acting as caretaker in this period. Um, so... That sets the scene for this particular meeting in May. So they were basically bereft of a full-time coach. They were looking for someone to, to fill the breach to take the heat off poor old Serge, who was um, acting as caretaker. And there's a minute here, Tone, simply titled Senior Coach. Yep. And I quote, Mr Harris, Mr George Harris, president of the club, reported on discussions held with John Kennedy... Oh, the committee was informed that due to personal reasons, Kennedy would not be in a position to accept the senior coaching position for 1978. Messrs. Harris, Lofts, and McKenzie reported on a meeting with Neil Roberts. Now, so obviously, Kanga was the 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 man that they had earmarked to, yeah. to to fill the breach with Stewart's decision to stand aside. He knocked that back. I don't know what happened with Coco Roberts. So I'm not sure why he decided against the move, but I then refer you to an, a, a subsequent meeting on the 11th of May of 1978, where uh, the, the minute of senior coaches again included, and it simply says here, it was resolved that Alex Jeselenko be appointed captain and coach for the remainder of the 1978 season. And of course, we all know what happened, 1979. We do indeed. Jezza took him to the mountaintop, the last yep. captain coach in league football to, to do the deed. So... You know, in the space of, what, 18 months from that extraordinary upheaval uh, with uh, the coaching situation, Carlton had found a, a premiership under the auspices of the uh, captain coach, Jezelenko, who was appointed mid-year in 78 to, to help 
steady the ship. And if you think what might have been, you know, imagine if oh. Kanga had accepted that job. That is, that is an absolutely is delicious prospect. It is a delicious prospect. So if you, <coughs> you speak to anybody who's played under him, they, they talk about John Kennedy with a reverence that is just about unmatched, I'd almost say. There's a famous story, Tony, I can relate it. It has a Carlton bent because it involved David Parkin. And David Parkin was Kennedy's understudy for many years at Hawthorne. Yeah. And there was a moment at, at Glenferry just before Parkin assumed the coaching position from, from Kanga. And um, the story goes that, Parkin was getting somewhat frustrated with, with Kanga's archaic training methods. And yeah. they were on the track this particular night and they were doing circle work. And Parker was none too impressed by um, the, the session and had actually gone up to Kennedy and just as a little aside said, John, I think you've really got to start to mix up training a little bit. And, and Kennedy in his booming voice was said to, looked at Parker and said, you know, you're absolutely right, David. Around the other way! <laughs> And he got them to run the other way when they were doing circle work. That is apparently a true story. What a great story. Um, <clears throat> Tone, we're going to move on now. Uh, Kennedy at Carlton, that just would have been... Can I just make the point? From 1978, f- within four years, three premierships at but, Carlton. But who's counting, Exactly. Tony? Thank you very much. Now, uh, Christiana, our producer, is yes. uh, here with all the latest news that we need to know. Christiana. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me back on. Well, it's great. You're a weekly feature of the podcast. Two weeks, but still well, here. Yeah. <laughs> still right. going well, so, I mean, you balance me with all that you know and all that I don't know. I think we somehow meet in the middle. It's and, a then, long... and then base is right at the top. Exactly. No, it's, a, it's a long, long season, Tony, but Christian, I think, provides us the equilibrium. Uh, there we that, go. That this, this podcast so sorely needs. Well, it's uh, like the quote from Spinal Tap, um, you're fire, I'm ice, and he's lukewarm water in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little I'll bit of steam <laughs> coming off the top of the headphones here too Now what have you got for us? Well as we all know, Tony and Tony, this yeah. is it, this Sunday The chance to make history um, Carlton heads to Adelaide this weekend for their first ever AFLW Grand Final Begins from 1pm, 12.30pm local time The Game Changers attempt to become the history makers here at the Carlton Football Club Okay, now it's being played at the Adelaide Oval. At the Adelaide Oval. Great, um, great venue. 12.30pm in Adelaide, so 1pm here. Yep. I'm sure Beast might mention that there might be a certain place down the road which might be good to head down to. Oh, yes. Well, I'm just sort of co- trying to concentrate on the on the Virgin Group discount for Carlton people. Is, can you get something going there with our major sponsor, Christian? I'm sure you can. <laughs> I wish. It might, it might have to be. Is the Overlander still running to Adelaide? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> For those who can't make it to the game, Norton's Hotel down the road, Christian, yep. at Royal Parade, have, have they've put the bar back in. The, right. the, the, the manager in his wisdom has decided this, this is a pub with no, no bar. We want a bar back in there. And, and he's put it in and, uh, and he's, a, he's got the Carlton's um, paraphernalia on the wall right. and he's got the screens there. So for any supporter that may not be able to make the trip across... Norton's is the place for you. And can I insist that if Carlton do get up, somebody uh, stands out the front and sings Stand By Your Woman? <laughs> okay? <laughs> that, that'll be a nice counterpoint to Sticks' yeah. effort in 87. Yeah. Yes, yes, very good call there. Um, well, of course, there is the day before as well where supporters can watch Carlton. It's a whole of club weekend in Adelaide with Carlton kicking off the action on Saturday against Port in what will be Mitch McGovern's 50th AFL game. One player who won't be there is Tom DeConning. Yes. Who uh, he'll he... miss the next two months with a knee injury. Um, to how did that happen, do you know, Christian? 
it was a really un, you know unfortunate incident. He was going for a kick in defensive fifty and kind of collided with the Richmond defender, and yeah, unfortunately he'll miss two months with an injury. But one player where the news is more positive is Caleb Marchbank. Great. Um, this is what Andrew Russell had to say about the defender. Uh, Caleb's had an excellent training block. We're really excited by what he's producing, and he's he's getting very close to playing football. And I think we'll probably see him playing in the next few weeks. And then finally, official club news, the AFLW Best and Fairest will be held on Thursday, the 11th of April at Luminaire in South Melbourne, hopefully with the Premiership Cup um, in attendance as well. So head to corporate.carltonfc.com.au to book your spot and avoid disappointment. Back to you guys. I can see an in-house, on-site, Two Tones podcast, Tony. I think we would have to... What was the venue again? Where was it? Luminaire. Do you know what I think for the good of our listeners, Tony? For the good of our listeners, uh, and if we, it's, it would it would be a measure of our commitment that if we were to go to that fine establishment, to be an F in a uh, premiership year, that takes some doing, of course. Absolutely. And last person who held that title at Carlton, of course, was Brett Ratton. Brett Ratton, the great Brett Ratton. Now, Tone, just a quick preview of the Port Adelaide game. Um, what do you think? Well, well, They're coming I, I, off I mean, victory and a great victory it was yeah. too. Uh, you know, a solid performance beating Melbourne on on the G. Yeah. Um, no one really saw that coming, least of all Melbourne. I think. Yeah. I think, but I, 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 I did see uh, a fair bit of that game, and what impressed me most about that game was how well Port Adelaide played as a team. Yeah. Very disciplined performance by all players on the ground. They were into Max Gorn from the first bounce. Um, they brought a real hard edge to the game and really assaulted Melbourne. I, I, I heard the comments after the game that, um, you know, teams like Melbourne that, that sort of ran deep into the finals uh, came back with perhaps a month less preparation than oh, the, yeah. those teams like Port that had a little bit longer to really get seasoned for that opening round. Could you say the same about West Coast? Um, probably so yeah. against Brisbane. That'd be a fair point to, to raise, and, and maybe you'd argue the toss also with Collingwood against yeah. Geelong. But I, I thought that Port were um, impressive, and I and I did take note of Ken Hinckley's comments after the match that he thought that that was the best win he's been involved as, as coach of the team. So yeah. Carlton can be under no illusions that in Adelaide on Saturday they're going to come up against a, a team that's uh, playing with real confidence and playing for each other. So uh, I, I think we're going to have to be really on our medal from um, from the opening bounce. We weren't uh, ready for the opening bounce last Thursday night, yeah. so I, I'm hoping that that's a lesson learned and that the players really, really, to a man, um, come back hard and, and uh, because it's going to be a, a, an enormous test to take on Port on, on their home digs. Uh, do you see Port Adelaide, uh, I mean, answer this as best you can, I guess, as a template of where Carlton want to be, that kind of desperation for each other, that hardness at the ball? Well, I think you'd love to see it. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day how much talent you do have. It gets back to, you know, the mindset and, yeah. and, how, and, and the methodology you bring to the game and the, and the attitude you bring to the contest. And I think you've, if you've got that, you're halfway there. So I think... I think what we'll be looking for this week is a, a, is a, a honest, committed, solid four-quarter showing um, because that's what it will take to knock Port over yeah. uh, away. Um, there, there'll be no other way. Well, so, And there's nowhere to hide, Tony. No, well, keep in mind one of our most stirring victories of the last three or four years was John Barker coaching uh, Carlton to a victory at the G over Port Adelaide. That was a great night. And uh, we'd love to see a... Well, a 
a repeat of that on uh, yeah, on a or in a city that's been very kind to the Carlton Football Club, we must say. Adelaide and South Australia in general has yes. given us a, a ton of talent. The, the last time I reckon I was over there too was for the last game at Football Park oh, when yeah. Carlton had to knock uh, Port over to make the final nine. <laughs> and um, it was one of the great all-time wins. You know, it was um, edge of the seat stuff and it went down the wire and and Carlton played with plenty plenty of purpose that night. They were down early and, and found a way. So, um, as I said, they're going to have to be honest in the contest from from the first bounce to the to the last this week if they're to knock Port Adelaide over and and rebound, you know, in, in sterling fashion from, from the loss to Richmond. Look, I'm an optimist. I think the Blues will dig deep and find something that's going to be a ripper contest um, and add to the list of great victories, as you've just referenced their tone in the City of Churches. Now, before we go on the two tones, uh, just want to wish the women's team all the very best of luck uh, over the weekend in Adelaide as uh, uh, we are... We're 100% behind them. We want to see another. We want to see another Premiership Cup here at the uh, Cup Football Club. That'll be yeah, that'll be Premiership uh, Cup number 17. Tone that'll Jeez, make it. It'll be, be groaning tone. The autumn of the 17th flag. I think it's oh. what it'll be here, <laughs> uh, and that's what we want. We want silverware. As I said earlier in the telecast, um, there's always room for more silverware. Exactly. And it's, it's been a, great a long time. To have. It's been a long time. You and I, uh, of that generation, have probably lived through the best and the worst of Carlton's True. history. Um, and and I, I really can't remember a thing about 68, but I can remember Nichols and Barassi saying that, that what stuck out in their memories of that particular grand final victory was seeing how much it meant to the supporters yeah. who had waited so long and were starved of success. So... Um, if the girls bring bring it home this week, bring home the bacon tone. Thank uh, you. Yes. Just to, just to keep, keep Carl happy. <laughs> um, I tell you what, I'll be there. I'll be there on Sunday um, with bells on to um, to join in the revelry and raise a glass with Daniel Harford. Uh, indeed, and celebrate with a nice big thick ham sandwich. <laughs> Thanks to our good friends at Barclay Smokehouse. Go the girls. Am I allowed to say that? Go the girls. All right, great. Bring it home for us and the lads if they could uh, get over port. Jeez, I tell you, that will uh, that'll be uh, that'll that be talked about for eons. Won't that set it up? Oh, it'll be magnificent. Let's have that a double win on the weekend on the road for the Carlton Football Club. We'd love that. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Tony DeBolfo, uh, Damon, our, uh, our panel op, and I've been Tony Moakley, and we will catch you next week on the Two Tones. Mm-hmm.